We've had a lot of reasons to grieve over the last few years, and most of us think that grieving is a negative experience. Well, Shelley Knight is here to share her own experience of how grief is healing and how we can even be positive through that process of grieving. Join us to find out more. You're invited, delighted to discover who you are. Anything is possible if you believe. To join us on this beautiful journey. So let Hello and welcome to another episode of Soul Nectar Show, that show where we talk about all things essence, where we gather around the campfire and we share our stories of connection to that which is bigger than us, to the big mystery beyond the veil, to that which is creating synchronistic opportunities for every single one of us to learn our lessons on earth in a collaborative way. And, uh, you know, teaching us day by day about the new earth that's unfolding in front of us. I'm your host, Carrie Hummingbird, and I love to have these conversations. I, I really enjoy them for myself personally and also to share them with you as you're listening out there. It's just nice to know that, you know, that this information is helping and that these conversations are reassuring and that they're helping you in your life to find your path. And you know that I'm a big believer in the unique thumbprint. I talked about that in the Second Wave book. The thumbprint, the unique thumbprint of life. We each have a unique thumbprint. And I think that's so important to realize that even as we're having collective experiences, we have a unique way of doing that. It's all it's all ours. It's it's the way the divine is speaking to us, through us, for us. And you know, we can learn from each other and we can be inspired by each other. And then always remember that your journey is your own. And that's why I like to have people come on the podcast every single week, week after week, and share their own stories of that awakening of their unique thumbprint journey to discovering the awakening process and who they are and what they're here for. Because sometimes we can learn a little bit from someone else and maybe resonate with what they said and find a little doorway of our own through something that was shared. And so today will be no different. Today, I'm excited to welcome Shelly Knight. Welcome, Shelly. Hello. <laughs> Glad to have you here. So Shelly is a positive changes expert. And boy, we could use some help with positive changes right now in the world. We're definitely making changes whether we want to or not, aren't we, Shelly? <laughs> yeah, they're kind of happening anyway, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they sure are. So Shelly passionately shares her years of clinical, spiritual, and holistic experience in her books, podcast, coaching program, newsletter, and YouTube and social media. She's the author of Positive Changes, a self-kick book. And her new book's coming out this fall. It's called Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing. And she's also the host of the award-winning mental health show, Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. And, um, you know, we we're really, as we were talking before the show, we were really talking about how, you know, when, when we go through big changes in life, that, that is actually an opportunity for grief to happen because, you know, it doesn't mean like the loss of a person. It doesn't mean the loss of, you know, a relationship necessarily, although that is happening all over the world, but it's also just the loss of a way of life and things are changing. And so I would love to hear, you know, I'd like to get into that conversation with you, Shelly. And also I would love to just hear to start, like, how did you get started in your own acceptance of change and making that positive for yourself? 
Yeah, thank you, Kerry. So as I say, we said off air, we was talking about grief. And to me, grief isn't just like the death of a loved one. I think we've all gone through grief in the last 18 months with the pandemic. So we were saying like, it's loss of health, finances, relationship, dreams, security, safety, just like a normal life as we once knew it. But my grief journey started because my background is actually like 30 years in healthcare. And I was kind of pottering through life as we do, thinking, you know, pottering will do me. But as I started to nurse, I learned that healthcare isn't always about health. There is a lot of death and dying in it, which wasn't quite prepared for in my nursing degree. But as I started to be exposed to loss, death, dying and change in my nursing career, my family did as well. And so like my grandparents died, aunties died, a friend took his own life. And then I had my infertility journey. And I think with all of the loss, sort of professionally and personally, I was just always changing. And I always wanted to make those changes worth something like facing your own mortality. I didn't want that sort of like my dad dying or my auntie dying to be like that. Woe is me, victim. My life is over. And so I'm very passionate about creating the smallest positive change every day, even if it's just like five minutes, because I think... When I worked at end of life, it showed me kind of how to live your life, you know, what the regrets are, what the life lessons are. So, yeah, I'm a bit feisty about all things positive change rather than just going with the flow. Yeah, I there's a lot of death and dying out there right now with COVID around mm-hmm. the world and and how this little virus is affecting people's nervous systems and their bodies and highlighting any place of, you know, maybe some other factors of comorbidity factors, right? So I think a lot of people are already dying anyway in the world, but now this virus has shown us like how many people die on a regular basis. And it's actually even exaggerated it a little bit because of the stress it places on somebody's health system, their immune system, right? So if you're not already sort of healthy, you could really be impacted by this. I mean, it could it could kill you. So how how do you handle that with your nursing background and all the wisdom that you have? How have you navigated that space with people around you that are losing people that are, you know, facing that that morbidity, that loss of life? So I run a death cafe here in the UK and we come together to talk about things like, you know, the fear of dying and things like that. And as you said, COVID, you know, when you speak about death and dying, it was always like the old people, like when my grandparents died, it was, we have a saying here, it's a bit of a weird one, but it's, um, oh, they had a good innings, which means, you know, they lived for a long time, they did well. But I think COVID certainly shown us that even if you're healthy or young, it doesn't guarantee you safety. And so we are like open up to conversations about how do you want to be remembered, like, in my first book, Positive Changes, we get people to write like eulogies and we do get people to do sort of little exercises like that about how do you want to be remembered? What's your bucket list? Do you have a wish list? Because I think it is really scary. And I've had COVID twice um, in a year. Uh, first time was like a gesture. Didn't really know I had it. I had a sore throat and swollen glands, but then I had long COVID, which was debilitating. Now I've just had COVID again. And I honestly don't know, maybe spirit have got an idea what's going on, but it's like, I feel so good, you know, and that's like a positive thing that it's kind of knocked out the long COVID. But I think, I think it's a really scary time. Like I can have these conversations at how do you want to be remembered? What is it you really want to achieve in life? You know, let's talk about loss and grief. But I think we can't, you know, with all the positive change words in the world, I think it's still quite a scary time for many. 
I think there's kind of like two halves that some people are really scared, you know, because they have lost money, jobs, health, things like that. And then there's this other side where I'm sort of dipping my toe thinking, oh, it's more of a spiritual awakening. Why have I got this lesson? Why have I got this loss of health? So, you know, it's I think the world's awoken. Some people are really angry and anti this and anti that and judgmental than the others and sort of thinking there's more to life. I've lost my job, but what matters? You know, I think it has been an awakening, whether that's spiritual aggression. It's certainly changed us all. Well, it's definitely um, facing our morbidity is something that we avoid, right? I mean, (laughs) most people don't think about that. But this opportunity with COVID has presented, has put it to the forefront of the conversation, basically for every single person. And, you know, a lot of people are, you know, there's a lot of changes, like you said, to our lifestyle, you know, to how we were living previously. And there was a lot of people who thought, well, let's just get this vaccine and then we can go back to normal. You know, we can go back to doing all the things we were doing before. And then I think that dream is rapidly fading now as people are realizing, oh, the vaccine doesn't guarantee you're not going to get anything. It's not about not getting it. It's not about going back to normal. Like there is no, that that old normal is no longer the new normal. And I think that's a huge loss that people are facing right now. How do you guide people through that kind of monumental change? I think it's really hard. I mean, here in the UK, things are always changing. And you know, whether you're actually making choices in your own life or just being dictated by the government, I think it's so personal. I don't really talk, you know, about like COVID or like with the death cafe. It's always about people that have died or die and how we can support you. And sometimes it might be COVID. But I think here we're so sensitive. Well, I'm quite sensitive about talking about like um, COVID and things like that. You get the other people that are just sort of like, you know, out there in their placards, <laughs> rioting about it. But I don't know. I think I just go back to nursing care and I just try and listen to people about it because I just think it's, as you said, like, was told have the vaccine would be protected and again it is like a grief because you believe that and it might not be true you know and people are still done and there are other waves coming in and we had a threatened lockdown yesterday but now that's gone again today um you know things are still changing there's still that loss of control which you know makes me think we're all still grieving or clinging on for some kind of normal life yeah so the grieving part is something we all need to go through, right? I mean, that is a normal human experience to grieve a loss of a way of life or people in our lives that died or, you know, just this whole culture that we were living in is now no longer the same. It's not going to be the same. It's something new is coming. How did you embrace this second time around with COVID? Because you uh, you applied some positive mindsets to it, obviously. You're, you said you can't, you can't smell or taste. <laughs> No, I've heard, I've had some friends who had the same experience and like, it's so weird when that happens, but you're still here and you're looking healthy and you're, you know, you're, you're able to get out and about and go for long walks in nature and things like that. So tell, tell us about your, how you approached it. So I had, as I said, like COVID last September and it was the doctor here when I sort of phoned up, they said like, don't bother doing a COVID test. It doesn't sound very COVID enough. And I was like, okay. And then I deteriorated like over six weeks and I had these glands up and I was tested. I had like MRIs, you know, CAT scans, blood, everything. And they could not find it. I think it's long COVID. Maybe it was something else. Who knows? But yeah, I got COVID again, um, 11 months after slowly improving really badly. My daughter was hospitalized with it. We had it really bad here. Five of our six family members had it. And I've got a bit of a croaky throat, as you might be able to hear. No sense of taste or smell. 
but I feel so much better than I did like last month before I had it. And I honestly don't know. I mean, like when I go through life challenges, like a loved one dies or financial problems, I'm always sort of like, what is the lesson in this for me? So I've been asking loads, like what is the lesson for me in having long COVID, in having COVID again? And I don't know if this is the universe like answering, but apart from the croaky throat and everything tasting like plain toast, I feel brilliant. I'm so, I've gone like hyper alert, Kerry. Like I'm sitting here now and I can see a crow on the roof over there thinking, oh, new beginnings, you know, and I'm seeing like loads of animal spirit signs, insects, colours, butterflies. And yeah, I just feel hyper aware. So, you know, I've had the negative side of COVID where it wasn't very COVID, as the doctor said, but felt awful for 11 months. And now I just feel really blessed you know like I used to rehabilitate and try and walk for 10 minutes a day and it was exhausting and now I could take the dog for an hour dog walk in the morning but I you know I was in hospital with my daughter two weeks ago so I don't know what's going on you know (laughs) no wonder we're all grieving because there's like nothing seems normal even the positive things but yeah it's a very strange time but I do believe maybe not now but in the future we'll look back and see some really clear lesson for all of us in it Yeah. And isn't that the point that we're not going to necessarily see it in the moment. We're going to see it later, you know, in hindsight. And, you know, 2020 definitely saw a lot of lessons in hindsight with 2020. But, you know, what's interesting is, is how what I've noticed is how impatient people are to find quick answers and to to kind of like settle on that as the solution so that everything can get back to normal. And then how those quick answers are proven very quickly not to be the answer within a few months, you know, of them thinking that's the answer. And like you said, like how this is keeping us moving in um, an unknown state, like we actually don't know what's, what's happening or what's going to happen. And there's a lot of opportunity in that to create positive ideas for yourself or to create negative projections on the world. So it's like this invitation, right? Like, which one are you going to create? Are you going to, because when we're in the unknown, we can create anything. We can create negative stories or we can create positive stories. And so it's interesting to see looking out into the world, like what people are choosing to do, or they maybe don't even realize they have a choice. Yeah. I remember like I've lost count which lockdown it was. I think we've had about four here in the UK, but what, around the first or second one, when we was going, we had this big thing. The buzzword was like, um, going back to the new normal. It's all we heard was go back to the new normal. And I remember doing a post on Facebook, just sort of like, what is it that you're rushing back to? Cause we all seem to be so desperate to, you know, get back to normal and get back to work and get the kids in school. But what are we rushing back for? And I, that's why I think there is an awakening and, you know, I've seen people ill. I know people have lost people to COVID. So this is not one size fits all by any means. But I do think there's some spiritual emergence, some awakening going on for many. You know, obviously, if people lost loved ones, absolutely not. I wouldn't know what the lesson is in that. But I know for myself, if I bring it back to me, then, you know, this loss of health for a year of my life, there's got to be some collateral beauty in there somewhere. Oh, I like that you said collateral beauty. You know, and I would even expand the lens beyond this lifetime, right? So I was realizing this morning as I was lying in bed, I was like, oh, impatience is tied to like this lifetime. So in this lifetime, I might feel impatient because my time is finite. I I don't, I only have so much time that might happen, right? Like my, the women in my family live to a hundred. 
ish, you know? So I know I've got about that amount of time, unless something takes me out sooner, but it's like, okay, I've got about that much time. So I've always felt this pressure, you know, to like get it done, you know, like do all the stuff I want to do, like before I get too old to travel and I get too old to do all this stuff, like do it now, don't wait. And I was, I always had these people saying, you know, why are you trying to do your art career when your kids are in school? Like you need to do that after they're gone out of the house. And I'm like, I'm not going to wait till after they go out of the house. I need to do my passion now. Like I can't wait because I only have so much time. I've always had this impatience about me. You know, and I think, it, and I was like, what is true patience? I was asking, what is true patience? And I was getting like, well, if I want to have true patience, then I need to look beyond this lifetime and, and recognize that the, this is one lifetime in a series of lifetimes. This isn't the only ever lifetime I'm ever going to have. This is like one in a bunch of different lifetimes. And because I actually have physically embodied and remembered other lifetimes, like viscerally remembered other lifetimes that I've had, I have that sort of comfort of knowing like in my body, well, this isn't my only lifetime. Like I have had other lifetimes and I'll have other ones still. Maybe people that haven't had that sense or awareness might really feel impatient because of, or might really feel devastated by death, right? Because they think that's all there is. Yeah. Now I'm smiling away I, <laughs> because I'm really impatient and I have gone to two different mediums this year to sort of say like one was like a health intuitive one was a medium but she'd sort of answer about health and I was asking spirit about you know what's the lesson and like how long and uh, they're saying like you know your healing will come but in spirit time not Shelley time <laughs> and I am really impatient but I was smiling because I did past life regression I did clinical hypnotherapy and then I trained to be a past life regressionist and we get regressed time and time again so I've been back in the womb I've been back to past lives you know and I didn't want to come into this current incarnation. I really didn't want to come. And I really fought it. So I kind of like um, made a little soul contract. Like I'll come this time, but I'm not coming back. So that's probably why I'm really impatient. Because I'm thinking, this is my last lifetime. Come on, do it all. <laughs> because, yeah, that's apparently I don't have to come back. Because to me, I'm a bit of a space cadet. And I don't feel this is my home. I believe I should be out there in the multiverse somewhere so it's probably why I'm impatient because I'm thinking you know this is my last one let's have a blast let's do it all let's do author podcast mom teacher you know just do it all do it all and get it done yeah yeah there is that sense too and I feel like there's for some of us there's a graduation you know it's like okay after this one you're graduating like you get to move on to the next level whatever that is and I think that um you know, for some, it's interesting because some people have never really felt home here on earth. And I, a lot of those people really love my book, The Second Wave, because they, as they see themselves in that book, they're like, yeah, I feel like this planet is strange. Like, why do humans act this way? Like I came down and I'm like, I know we shouldn't act this way. Why is everyone acting this way? Why don't they know they shouldn't act this way? It's like so weird for people that are not from this planet and not human to come into this incarnation and like be with all of this. But we're flipping, we're actually turning, I feel like this whole time is turning the the upside down world right side up. Yeah. And, you know, and so in that process, there's a lot of like people used to the old ways, like clawing into the old reality, like, no, I'm not letting it go. You know, like, <laughs> this is all I've ever known, you know, like for lifetimes and I'm not letting this go. And we're like, no, we're actually, there's something better coming, you know, like let's just, yeah. but so isn't that true? Like when we let go, usually there's something better on the other side. 
Yeah, I had this real clarity last Sunday. So I said, I've had COVID, it hit our family really bad. And I do keep saying what's lesson in this of why is this happening for me and all things like that. And I've been pottering along, you know, like for the first exposure to COVID and then certainly this heavier second one. And there was absolute clarity on stupid o'clock. I can only say it was stupid o'clock on Sunday. I woke up with absolute clarity. Bear in mind, I had a chesty cough that I had to get things off my chest and let it go. And it must have been two in the morning. It was, you know, and I was like, okay, try to get back to sleep. And then I woke up and I just, it's like this clear cognizant where I just knew, I can't tell you how, but I knew that I was carrying stuff that wasn't mine to carry. And I just knew it after stupid amounts of decades of doing so. And I knew I've been unsubscribing from emails all week. I don't chase friends anymore. Because, you know, they, we've probably all got those friendship where you always go, hi, how are you? Fine, thanks. That's it. For a few more months, you're chasing again. So I've let those friendships go. In my newsletter this week, I said, if you're never going to buy the book, listen to the podcast, make a positive change, please unsubscribe. It's a one-way communication otherwise. There's family members that I used to keep up the communication so that other people who, who weren't communicating didn't feel awkward about their relationship. So much rubbish that I've been trying to, not people please, that's not really me, Kerry, but, you know, pacify like, oh, but they knew me when I had my difficult pregnancy. So I need to keep that friendship. No, you don't was the message. No, you don't. I need to speak to, you know, my family members because that family member wouldn't have communication. I thought, let it go. And I tell you what, I know it's croaky now. But my cough stopped within days. I could not make it up if I tried. I made this decision to let go of these family ties that, you know, were literally tied onto my chest and holding me back. Within hours, they started phoning the family members they never phone. The friends I'd let go of on an intuitive level messaged me. You know, job opportunity came in. And I can't explain it. But I know I woke up with clarity, was told to get stuff off my chest, let people go. and you know, like money came to me that had been owed to me for ages, like 200 and something pounds came in. It was just, I don't know, miraculous, a miracle, magic, or just everyday life, I guess, <laughs> if you're like an alchemist. But yeah, it's just beautiful when we let go. Yeah, I love that you said get things off your chest because that's one of the first downloads I got about COVID when I when it all started was that this was a big clearing of grief out of the lungs for everybody who wasn't able to, through other means, clear that grief, right? So if people had not been maybe aware of that particular grief or gotten to that place in their grief where they needed to clear, that this was serving humanity to help humanity clear grief out of our lungs so we could go to the next place. So it's, um, it's, it wasn't a bad thing. I, I know a lot of people look at this as bad, but I always look at it as medicine because I don't think we get anything we're not supposed to have. I just don't think it's possible in a benevolent universe to have something happen to you that you didn't um, agree to at some level because this is, you know, we have free will as souls, we have sovereignty. And so I don't think that we can have anything happen that we didn't at some level say yes to, including death. Yeah. I mean, again, going back to past life regression, you know, they sort of, would take you back to your death point and when you do your life between life the reason I chose this incarnation was love and loss so I was meant to love really deeply but then lose that love and that's how I'd spiritually evolve in this life 
you know, and if I hadn't done all that past life regression training or if I hadn't had past life regression myself, you'd be like, no, I didn't. Why would I want to go through that pain? Why would I want to have miscarriage after miscarriage? Why would I want to be without grandparents when I'm getting married? You know, but I did. I've regressed back there and it was about love and loss. And that's not just in this lifetime. In many lifetimes, I've had love and loss. So I've had like relationships where I've loved deeply and then they've died in battle, loved deeply. Then they left me because I couldn't have children, you know, and you can't make it up. But yeah, we have these life lessons we sign up for, you know, in this death date and numerology. And, you know, sometimes you can see the beauty, like, my stepdad died uh, suddenly when I was nursing in 2005, New Year's Day. So I hate that whole new year, new me, <laughs> because, you know, obviously it's got to start new year with my parents and he died. But when I went on to have children, our eldest was due on my dad's birthday, you know, and you just couldn't make it out. And my mum always said that my dad chose to die on the first of the first 05 because he was born on like, you know, the fourth of fourth, 40 kind of thing. And he liked his even number. She goes, he was never going to die on the second, you know. And so whilst it's hard, especially if we're in it, as like we said earlier, like COVID, we might not see the lessons for years to come. When you're in it, I think there's that mentality of why is this happening to me rather why is it happening for me? But I think when you start to see the lessons, it's a beautiful thing, you know. And I, I think, you know, absolutely sit in silence for 10 minutes a day, do yoga. I do all that. But that's not where my deepest growth comes from. It is from, you know, like the death, the loss, the loss of health, the loss of loved ones and things like that. Yeah. And seeing even why somebody might die, you know, oh. like that seems healthier that shouldn't have, you know, shouldn't have died. Things like that are also wake up calls. I mean. My dad died very suddenly three years ago. My stepdad, he died very, very suddenly after having a really long health challenge that never manifested. So he kind of had overcome that. And so we all just thought, well, he's just magical because he is kind of, he's always a magical being. <laughs> so we're like, well, he's just magical. He's just nothing can kill this guy. And then, um, you know, but then there was, there. what I learned about it was that there were soul agreements. And I just want to put this out there for anybody who has lost somebody that maybe was a mentor to them or a father or a mother. It's like, sometimes that is necessary be, for us to take our next evolution. Like my dad dying was basically my only way I was going to step out and heal the relationship with my mom. Yeah. Because my dad wasn't the bridge anymore. You know, so we can see things in different ways. Like maybe there's some lesson there. Maybe there's, maybe that person's departure at a soul level is actually a gift for you to work out the things in your other family relations, you know, that have been unresolved. Yeah, that's happened in my own life. Like even when you said your stepdad, so it was my stepdad that died suddenly as well. And I was like, yes, it was just like a connection with you then. I was like, yeah. So my stepdad died suddenly. And then like my auntie's died. My auntie was always that good. So I, my stepdad was just this most amazing, like gorgeous, fabulous, gentle soul. And so he made the relationship with my mum easy because he was like the lightness to her heaviness, if you will. And then he was gone. But I thought, that's all right, because then I got my auntie. And then she's gone. And so now it's just down to my mum and I. And it's still like, without those bridges, it, it is still quite difficult at times. But I totally get what you're saying too. Like you think, you know, these bridges go, then you're sort of left. And there's another lesson in it, you know, we're always learning. Yeah, it's, uh, it's for you to become the bridge in that relationship, right? So that's, that was my, that, that was the Love is Fierce book 
that was what that was all about is bridging that, you know, healing the mother wound because my mom and I always had this inability to communicate with each other. It was like so strange, you know, it's like, where does that come from? It's gone now. Like we actually, we transcended it, but only because my dad left. Cause if my dad had never left, we wouldn't have done it. Cause yeah. we just kept using him as the bridge because it was easier than trying to deal with each other. So I feel like I would just, I just encourage anybody listening, you know, if you've lost somebody, first of all, my heart goes out because I know what that feels like. It's terrible to lose somebody you really care about. And I learned on the, on the um, flip side that there was a purpose. There was a method to the madness of it. There was a purpose to it. And so a lot, some of these people that are leaving, they might just, that's their soul agreement. They're not, I don't, I just don't believe that anybody leaves that didn't want to go. It's really hard because I, I was a chemotherapy nurse for like most of my years in nursing. And I've seen people like resign themselves to it. You know, they have a good death. They get out, you know, they reconnect with those people that they'd sort of they'd wronged or hadn't said they loved or hadn't said they're sorry. But then I've also seen people fighting for that last breath, especially sort of like young mums who, you know, who aren't going to be around for those milestones of them starting school, you know, leaving school and things like that. So I've seen both sides. And it's really strange. It's kind of why I wrote um, Good Grief, the A to Z approach, one day grief healing, because I've seen it clinically where you can have a good death. And people go, you know, in that beautiful timing of death and things like that. But then I've seen people fighting, not wanting to go. But it does come down about being your time to go. And it's really hard. And I do write about it in the book because you say, well, what about, you know, with suicide? If they choose to go, then what about if they're murdered or die through trauma? And it is really hard and really difficult. But I think we just ultimately, whilst we're still down here grieving for people, I truly believe, and I really hope it's true, that at the end of our days when we transition we return into love so I don't, whilst it feels harsh and horrible here for us left behind I'd like to think that you know I don't want to say they're in a better place obviously the place people want them is here on earth with them but I'd like to think they return to love and they're evolving and moving forward too yeah and maybe they're doing the life review that so many have described with um out-of-body experiences you know going to the other place where they review their life and I think a lot of a lot of them become guides for us in this life, you know, and come back and help us. I know my dad supports me all the time. He's always around supporting me in these broadcasts and everything else. And I can always feel it when he's here. So <laughs> yeah, it's, it's good. Chin my dad's here too and having a little chin wag. <laughs> I just think, I think if we, if we could just shift our focus or shift our, the lens we're looking at things through, we could really see how this time in COVID, this time of, of so much um, change is beneficial for, for our growth like as a collective and as individuals. And it's only when we decide to make that positive, to see it through that positive lens, like you're talking about in your books. Yeah. I say it's always going to be hard, isn't it, for some people. But, I, you know, I think that with the work you do and the work I do, hopefully we can encourage people to be open to other ways of dealing with it. I mean, you know, like I worked in healthcare for years, but even I found COVID really scary. I resigned from nursing when it, I've, <laughs> maybe that was spirit care now, I've said it aloud, but I left nursing in November 2019. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And then it right in, before like, it all happened. Yeah. yeah. As I said it aloud, hang on, I left in the November because I remember getting bombarded with the uh, nursing midwifery council, like, you know, I know your license has lapsed, but please come back. And I was like, Hell no, you know, but 
yeah, so I just real like that one. But so, yeah, I left just before, like three months before it was really apparent there was this COVID going on. And I still found it overwhelming, even with shielding and lockdown like we were initially here for our family. But it's like Louise Hayes used to say, um, all is well in my world and I am safe. I just kept repeating it to myself. And that's what I'm saying today. Like, if you really struggle with what we're saying, just find a little tool that works for them, you know. And mine was just this Louise Hay affirmation that all is well in my world and I am safe. You know, turn off the news, play with the kids, cook a nutritious meal. And it's kind of denial stage of grief, I'm sure. But, you know, just find what works for you. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that's an interesting thing you just said. If it was denial state of grief or if it's just a choice, a conscious choice to accept that there is grief and there are things going on in the world and you don't need to drown yourself in it by by, you know, watching it and all day long on the news and disturbing your nervous system, you know, your nervous system's your pathway to health, right? I mean, that's a balanced mm. nervous system is how we stay healthy. And when, when we have a balanced nervous system, we have um, higher immunity. And but when we bombard ourselves with really stressful things all day long, we can diminish our immunity. We can diminish that balanced nervous system. So I, I think it's actually a, a choice of love to not bombard yourself with all that news all day long. Yeah. And I've, I've been really good, especially since like this second COVID about protecting myself more. I think, I think it comes from this Jupiter clock like clarity that I had I don't know I think my intuition has like kind of gone like on a chart like <laughs> through the roof because I used to have this obligation oh I need to sort of promote the good grief book oh I need to promote this week's episode and I sat down on my laptop last night fired up the laptop it's quite an old laptop so it took a while and I sat there and I just had this resistance I thought I don't want to be doing this at 8 p.m at night so I went out sort of like six o'clock tonight instead and Again, it's that letting go, isn't it? This grief that we carry, like, you know, and a lot of shoulds. That's what come up in this clarity at stupid o'clock, like, like on Sunday. So I was living with my life by a lot of shoulds. Like, you know, I should keep up that communication. I should put out that social media. I should promote daily. And I was like, I haven't got the energy or the inclination to do it. And I think that's the thing, isn't it? That letting go of the normal, even if it's like how busy you are, you know, we need to let go of stuff. We are carrying a lot of stuff, but it's only because I lost my health and had limited energy. I used to say I had five spoons a day. That's all I've got. So like doing the kids' school run would be one, having a shower would be another spoon, cooking dinner. And I think the lesson for me would be like probably like energy management, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So I think if I need to go to work and then I have to Shelly at night branding and then I have to be a mum. And I don't have that. I had five spoons. And so then I had to realize what was really important in life. And it comes down to myself. And I know not everyone can say that. They think, oh, you're selfish, cow. But, you know, it's my life. I need to be healthy in my life. So, yeah, I do do away with the business. I do do away with the toxic relationships and bring it back to me, my family. And positive things like speaking with you here, you know, sort of like uplifting that like-mindedness, whatever gets you through, use your energy on that. Yeah. And place your attention on the things that really uplift you and make you happy and fill your cup. And then the things that drain you, I always take a look at why, you know, because I, I like to shore up leaks in my bucket. And so I'll go into like, okay, why is that thing leaking, draining? Why am I feeling drained by that? Maybe there is something I need to learn or a new decision or choice I need to make to put into place that prevents that from happening in the future. And it's not necessarily about the person that caused, you know, didn't cause it or the thing didn't cause it. It was just something I needed to see. 
Yeah, I love that. We have a saying in our house and it's your love bucket. And so <laughs> we say to the kids, oh, what filled up your love bucket today? And so it's really nice. I like your thing where you're saying, you know, about the leaking bucket because I'm quite a visual person, Kerry. So I was thinking, I love that, you know, because if you're positive, you're literally overspilling, but sometimes you just don't fill up, do you? You don't feel fulfilled, I guess. And so I like the leaking bucket. And you're sort of tapping like, you know, what? how's it getting out? Why is it getting out? What's it got my attention for? So I love that. I'm going to, yeah, review my uh, love bucket. <laughs> yeah, because you can be filling it up all day long, but if it's got a big leak in it, you're like, like I'm still filling it. Why is it leak? You know, how come it's not? Yeah. Anyway, that's what I <laughs> like to look at both sides. <laughs> so, no, I think that's really relatable for the listener as well. Because, you know, you do have that day where you just think, like, I'm going to work. I've done all the emails, I've done the school ones, I've cooked the meals, I've bought the food. And you're thinking, hang on, my bucket's still not full. What's wrong? So I love that. It's looking at that deeper level and also expectations, right? I mean, I think I think a lot of the grief right now is letting go of all of our expectations about how we thought life was going to be, right? I mean, let's just say mm-hmm. there's a lot of people out there who have been working jobs that they didn't really love, but they did it because it brought in money, right? And they have family or whatever, and they've got to pay the bills. And so they just, uh, but they kept telling themselves, well, I'm going to retire and then I'm going to get to have fun, right? And then all of a sudden, bam, COVID. Now what? It's like, you put yourself on hold your whole life waiting for the joy, the time to be free. And then this comes along and it puts a monkey wrench in like all of those plans and expectations. And so even with that, I will, I love what you were saying about, I will, will, you take a look at that and say, huh, then how can I do that for myself today? How can I take that lesson and never, ever put myself aside again? Yeah, it's, I mean, I, you know, one of the things I've seen through like social media and places like that, it's just like how you've had these millionaires and these top dog people are now working or out of work because, you know, they were just living beyond their means, thinking it's forever, and then COVID struck. And I had a gorgeous conversation. I believe things happen for a reason. One of our parcels went missing. We could not find it anywhere. So I had to go out and speak to the postman who was covering someone else. That's probably also COVID, I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, there's a gorgeous postman. And I got speaking to him, which I wouldn't normally have done if the parcel hadn't gone missing. And he was one of these people. He was a really successful accountant, but then businesses were folding. So he didn't have anyone to account for. And he was working as a postman. And I just loved that because he said, I get to speak to people all day. I'm out of the office. I'm walking around. I'm speaking to people. But would he have chosen to be a postman over an accountant? Personally, I would, but that's different. That ruins the story. But, you know, he wouldn't have made that choice. He wouldn't have found that joy. You know, so whilst it's hard that we've lost jobs, I resigned from my last job because of my health and things like that. But I've had people like message me as Shelly F. Knight to say, like, they were stuck in a job that they hated, but now they're going back to university because they're not used to having money. You know, they've got used to not having money all of a sudden. You might as well be a student. And we would never have made those changes, you know, you know, and it is like that letting go. And sometimes we don't let go. In fact, I'd probably say like 90% of us don't let go. And so then, well, COVID happens, the tower card in tarot happens, whatever you want to call it, you know, we will get shaken to create that change. If we're not making the choices ourselves. That's right. Big tower card going on right here on planet Earth. It's all tumbling down. And I'm just trying to stay cozy in my spot because I already did my tower card. So I'm just like, okay, I'll be here for anybody who needs some help. 
<laughs> yeah, ten of wands, bring it on, the happily ever after, you know, the magician, bring it on. But when I do a shuffle and the tower comes out, I think it must have got stuck to my palm. That's not for me. Or the ten of swords, that's so getting put back in the deck. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't avoid it for too long. It comes up. No. It has a purpose. You know, it has a purpose. So that's beautiful. So, okay, so your book is coming out. Good Grief, the A to Z approach of modern day grief healing coming out in September, September 24th. And you guys could also find me at some point soon in the future on uh, Shelly's podcast, Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. And when that happens, I'll put a link in the show notes. So um, in the meantime, you can check out Shelly's freebie uh, and I'll put a link in there. It is a free chapter from the book. So I will put the link in the show notes so you can get that from Shelly. Anything else you want to share with the listeners about how to get started with you and to to go deeper with this journey with you? Not really. I've got a lovely website, shellyfnight.com. And over there, they can find the podcast, subscribe to the newsletter where I self-kick you every Saturday morning with a tip to try. You can order good grief, positive changes, or find me on social media. And please do say hello and things like that. Don't just be one of those little strange voyeurs in the background that just watch me and never comment. <laughs> awesome. Engagement. We like engagement. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Well, so engage, everybody. Please engage. Write a comment on the show. Tell us what you thought about it. If you got something useful, let us know uh, wherever you found this, YouTube or iTunes or the website, soulnectar.show, wherever you found us, leave a comment. Um, give us a review, especially on iTunes and YouTube. Help us to uh, increase our our reach, you know, by getting out there more. And we're going to give you kisses now. You ready, Shelly? We're going to... These are really good. These are COVID free because they're energetic. Yeah, I'm, I'm clear. I'm clear now. Here we go. Okay. <laughs> thanks so much for being on the show, Shelly. Uh, thanks for having me. Thank you, everyone. Have a blessed week, everybody. We'll see you next time on Soul Nectar Show. Bye for now. If you found even one gold nugget in this episode of Soul Nectar Show, will you do us a favor? Will you subscribe? like, and share this episode? Maybe even write a comment and let us know what you thought about it. We really, really want to engage with you at a much deeper level. Let's be part of community together. Have a great week, everyone. Bye for now. To dive in deeper to nourishing conversation, visit soulnectar.show. Take a sip from the drip of nectar From the source of who you are